everyone, you're listening to Yap Snacks, a new short series of bite-sized, digestible, and actionable content hosted by the Yap team. Today, I'm joined with fellow podcaster Jordan Paris, who is the host of Growth Mindset University and who has come on board as my Yap Snacks co-host. This week on Yap Snacks, we are talking all things sleep. One of my most popular episodes was number 12. It's called Unlocking the Power of Sleep with Dr. Daniel Gartenberg. It feels like I just uploaded this yesterday, but it was actually about a year ago. And every time I log into the back end of my platform, I check out my analytics and I see all these people who are listening to this show. And I think it's actually new listeners who are just searching for sleep content on iTunes and Spotify and then just landing on this episode. And it made me realize that this is a topic that we've got to talk about. And it seems like a lot of people are looking how to improve their sleep. And, you know, we might be facing a sleep crisis right now. I thought that we could talk about, you know, some of the the benefits of sleep, what happens when we don't get enough sleep, and then maybe give everybody who's listening some actionable insights on how to improve their sleep. I am serious about sleep. I <laughs> It is a non-negotiable. Plans are... Are, are canceled or are, are declined. I, yeah, I don't. Except when we met up in New York and I was like, yeah, this is like one of those times where, you know, Halloween and get to see each other like rarely. <laughs> you know, there's not many opportunities to do so living a thousand miles away. But I said, I was like, tonight I'll, I'm more than happy to work all night, even though I, I, you know, I would never do that otherwise. Yeah, just to give you guys some context, we did some LinkedIn videos and it was the first time we ever met and I work a full-time job so I could only do it like after 6 p.m. and we ended up recording our last video. It was like 11 p.m. or something super late. Yeah, and then I had to go back from catch, catch the train out of New York back to Pennsylvania because I, I was staying with my family that particular weekend, yeah. Oh my God. Well, we got it done and it was really popular at least. So that worked out. So how much sleep do you typically get every night? Yeah, absolutely. I get between seven and eight and a half hours. I'd probably say the average is seven and a half hours. I I start winding down at, uh, I mean, you're supposed to start winding down really like after six o'clock, like I'm, you know, five, six o'clock, like I'm done work. I'm done. You know, I, I, I exercise at 7 a.m. I'm not moving anymore. But then nine o'clock, you know, I'm really, really, really starting to power down. And by 10, 1030, I am in bed. Everything's done, you know, teeth are brushed and I am ready to go to sleep. And Tuesday, Thursday, I get up at 6.35 a.m. Every other day, I get up between 7 and 7.40 a.m. Uh, mm. Usually like average is probably like 7.15. So uh, yeah, between seven and nine. And that works really well for me. And it's you know, there's this, so many people holler, they're like, I don't know, I don't need sleep. Uh, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, the, the, yeah. hus- the hustle culture entrepreneurs. And and there is, you know, there's this really small subset of the population that does function well on five hours of sleep. And that mm-hmm. small subset is about 0.0%. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There, you're Nobody's exempt from sleep. I agree. So it's, Based on your description, it sounds like you're a sleep role model, and I am the exact opposite of that. I oh. really need to work on my sleep. It's something that I made as a resolution for 2020 to get more sleep and to be in bed by 11 p.m. every night, but I, I've already broken that rule. And for example, like the day before yesterday, I went to sleep at 1.30 a.m., and I had to wake up at 6 a.m., and I had to 
function at work. And, you know, I'm getting away with it right now, but there's going to be a point where I'm not going to get away with it anymore. And so I really need to figure this out. And for me, it's a matter of like needing to to learn how to delegate more, let go more, only do things that are high priority. And also just like forcing myself to sleep because I'm so passionate about my podcast that I just I just love to work on it at night. And yeah. I, I just have to force myself to stop sometimes. In my experience, you know, the five hours of sleep that you mentioned there, the you know, even under seven for me, it's the quickest way to depression. I just, and and I, I almost feel throughout the day, Hala, that I'm like more susceptible to negative thoughts. Yeah. That just pop up. I my, my way of thinking is just so much more pessimistic and negative when I'm on less sleep. I'm, I'm not like a great person to be around when I'm, when I don't have my sleep. It's actually a um, funny, funny story. I, uh, when I was coming back from Israel, I, we had a weird, we left for the airport at 2 a.m., had a flight at 6 a.m. Israel time. And then, you know, the flight is, gosh, I mean, we were going to Austria and, and that's uh, about three and a half hours. And then back from Austria to New York to JFK is, I think it's about nine and a half hours. Mm -hmm. So I, and then with the time change too, you know, there, it's a, it's a, I think from Israel to New York, about a seven hour time difference. And I, so I calculated, calculated it out and I went 42 hours without sleeping and oh, I got back and my mother picked me up. I was, I was like delirious. I don't have, I barely have like memory of, yeah. of being in the back seat of, of the car there. And I was just, I was literally like laying down, you know, no seatbelt and I, and I slept the whole car ride home. But do, I, and she, and my sister and my mom were like telling me things I I said, and I was like, it's horrible. It was I felt like hell. Well, they say that 19 hours without sleep has been shown to be impairment equal to 0.05 percent blood alcohol content. So it's still mm. safe enough to drive, but you're basically as if you've had a couple drinks. And so, at 42 hours, you were like wasted. <laughs> yeah, it has it has real effects on your memory too. I don't I don't have the the research, but even over time, I mean, because I mean, think about it. Like during sleep, one of the things that goes on is essentially memory consolidation. Mm -hmm. And if you're not like if you're not sleeping, you're not you know, you know consolidating you know on your your memories, and you're just you're just not like storing as many memories if you're not sleeping. Mm. Yeah. I know sleep definitely has so much impact on our mental states. It definitely makes us more sensitive to our own pain, and it also makes us unable to relate to others. So we basically reduce our ability to have empathy, and mm. we make riskier and rash decisions. And so it's just really bad for our personalities and our ability to be positive and to make good decisions. And for our ability to get on here on a podcast and perform. I, before, like the day before uh, an interview, I, I got to get that sleep, right? Mm. I got like, like really good sleep too. Um, I can't go to bed at 1am. I, I can't get six hours of sleep. I got to remember as much information as possible. I got to have as much information as possible. Like yeah. that I can be able to pull from off the top of my head. I got to be able to remember that. I got to, I got to have time to consolidate while I'm sleeping on all the things I studied over the 
you know, over that day and the previous week, you know. So mm-hmm. it's just of the utmost importance to me. It's, you know, it, it fits right into my top priority in this world, which is health. And and yeah. and human and just high performance. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You wanna get them in the right mindset. You wanna cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who wanna try LinkedIn ads. You can get a $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the health issues that arise from a lack of sleep. There's lots of chronic diseases that come from a lack of sleep. Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease. Obesity for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and let's how about sleep and exercise? I find that if I don't get enough sleep, first of all, I'm not productive during the day. Second of all, I always end up skipping my gym class because I'm just too tired. And so I just feel like it's just like a vicious circle. You don't get enough sleep. You're not productive. You don't get exercise. You get fat. You get disease. <laughs> yeah. Nothing good comes out of it. Yeah. And I'll uh, I'll be very, uh, you know, I say, you know, I, I, I decline plans because of sleep. But actually tonight is one of those very, very rare exceptions where I'm going to be out till about uh, 11 p.m. tonight. And my 7 a.m. workout class the next morning at F45, I still need to get, you know, my seven to eight hours of sleep. So I might not be there. I might have to, and I have some other things going on in the morning. I might have to do it at 12, 15 and, and do that class instead if I do it, if I get any time to do it at all. So you can mm-hmm. see how, like, if I were to do this every single Wednesday, you know, be out till 11 p.m. every single Wednesday, I'd be getting less workouts in and I'd be, yeah, I'd be missing things. Yeah, totally. Let's talk about how to improve our quality of sleep. Are there any tricks that you do to get a better night's rest? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, glad you asked. Yeah, I have looking at them right now, my reading glasses that are prescription, they are also blue light blocking glasses. Mm. But then I can't use my reading glasses to watch TV. I used to do that when I first got my glasses. And then, and then I totally like screwed up my eyes and, and they had to like go, I had to not use my glasses for a little bit so they could adjust back. But now I have just regular, probably $15, $20 
actually like maybe $10 blue light blocking glasses, mm -hmm. just non-prescription that I got on Amazon. You just look at blue light blocking glasses. And so if I'm going to be watching TV past like 6 p.m., I will be wearing those blue light blocking glasses. If I'm on my phone past that time, if I'm on my computer past that time, which I not always am, I've got one of my two blue light blocking glasses on. So because for every minute that you are exposed to blue light, for every minute that you're staring into your phone, that you're staring at the TV at night, you're delaying the onset of melatonin two minutes. And that's from, I picked that up from Dr. Sean Stevenson. And mm. uh, he has this great podcast called The Model Health Show that yeah. I, I listen to a couple times a year. I don't listen to it all the time, but... So it's really so it's really important that if you're going to be staring at screens at night that you have those you protecting yourself so that you don't delay that onset of melatonin which of course is what gets you to sleep. I think it's also really important to also pay attention to the temperature of your room. So I think the suggested temperature is like mm. 60 to 67 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. And, and that's because your body temperature decreases to initiate sleep. So that's why you really need like a cool room to help your body signal to your brain that it's time to go to bed. Yeah. And you're, you're just helping your body get to that lower temperature. So Sean Stevenson, and I don't know what's right. You say between 60 and 67. 60 sounds a little cold, but 69 is what... Sean Stevenson says, mm -hmm. I think 67 is great too. I've, I've heard that before. So I'll, you know, right before I go to bed, I walk out and bring the thermostat down from 73 to 69 or 70. And then I wake up, it is pretty cold in the morning. I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's really cold in the morning <laughs> when I get up to that. And then I just put it back at, at 73. Mm -hmm. I think something else to keep in mind is that you know, sometimes I fall asleep with the lights on, and I do this a lot because I'm the type of person who just works, 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 and then I just, like, pass out. And mm. that's terrible for you. It it's is. absolutely terrible because you need to get your body used to when it's time to sleep and dark signals it's time to sleep. I would definitely suggest to, no matter what, try to turn off the lights at a consistent time every yeah. night and try not to fall asleep with the lights on. I have this friend, God bless her, who— you know, always complain about getting up in the middle of the night. And, I, and I'm trying to like diagnose this with her over <laughs> like a period of a couple of weeks. And, and she's like, and then I find out she falls to sleep, falls asleep with the TV on every night. Mm. And I'm like, duh, like, what are you doing? You're, you're literally stimulating cortisol, the awake hormone, the entire night. Like, what are your blue light, this alien-like blue light is yep. emanating from this gigantic TV onto you the entire night. Of course you're going to get up. And so what does she do? She tries not going to sleep with the TV on and bam, it works like a charm. Like, quick, easy fix. You know, my my dad, you know, whenever we're, if we're on a vacation somewhere and uh, or we're, you know, we're traveling and I, uh, the rare times we end up having to like, share a room he'll like have the tv on and and i just i get he knows i get so mad i'm like trying to yeah. go to sleep and the stupid tv is on and i cannot sleep with the tv on i actually stopped i used to like always go on trips with my friends and whatever and it's becoming harder and harder now because they all like to sleep with the tv on and i literally yeah. cannot fall i can't fall asleep if the tv is on i just can't do it yeah it's <laughs> for I think maybe for you and I too. It's 
it's more it, we get a double dose it's more than just the cortisol it's stimulating it's also the the fact that we just get worked up about it <laughs> like yeah i get Agreed. really worked up my heart starts beating and like oh <laughs> and there, there's some obvious other things that you should do, like caffeine intake. Try Ooh. to reduce that caffeine intake. I, I think one cup of coffee a day max early in the morning when you max. first wake up. Max. I got something to say about that. I'm so glad you bring it up because and, and everyone's body metabolizes caffeine differently. But the average, the half-life for caffeine is six hours. So let's say you know, you consume, and this is low, you know, you consume 140 milligrams of caffeine at, let's say, uh, you have a, you know, you have a noon coffee, right? You know, at noon. And so six hours later at 6 p.m., you still got 70 milligrams of caffeine buzzing mm. around in your system. And then six hours later at midnight, right? Midnight. Yeah. Yeah. It's midnight. Yeah. You, you then have 35 milligrams of caffeine still buzzing around totally. when you should, you should well have been asleep for the past two hours. And, and yeah, you may, there's a difference between going to sleep and knocking out, passing out. You know, mm -hmm. you can, you can very well go to sleep at, at 10 o'clock with, you know, 45 milligrams of caffeine buzzing around in your system. You could very well knock out and, you know, no big deal. But you're not hitting all of your optimal, you know, sleep cycles. Uh, you know, there's totally. different parts. You're, you're just really screwing up your sleep. And then you wake up the next morning and the people wake up the next morning and they wonder, why do I feel so restless? I just mm -hmm. got, you know, I just got eight hours of sleep. I feel restless. Yeah. And it's not just coffee. It's also yeah. like teas. Um, yes. For example, I had yerba mate for one of the first times the other day. Mm -hmm. I was wired. I was so wired. I didn't sleep until like three in the morning that night. And I was like so screwed for the next day. you got to be careful and make, check out yeah. what things have caffeine. Even tiramisu has yeah. espresso in it. And I, I always can't sleep if I have tiramisu. Yeah. Even, even chocolate, you know, dark chocolate will have about a about a quarter of the amount of caffeine as coffee does. So if I have any caffeine, that's it's at, you know, 9 a.m. and I'll have a little bit of dark chocolate and it's just such a, a marginal amount that, and it's just, it's just perfect. But, you know, the, as I was saying, you know, people wake up restless in the morning and then and they're like, I need, I need mo all the more caffeine. You know, I'll, I'll double, I got to have, yeah, I got to have three cups of coffee. I got to have like 300 milligrams. And then, mm -hmm. and so it's just this vicious, vicious cycle where you're always tired and wired. Yep. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode about sleep. If you're interested to learn more, head over to episode number 12 featuring Dr. Daniel Gartenberg, where he talks a lot more about the things you can do to improve your sleep. This is Hala and Jordan signing off. Peace. Peace.